You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Jumping, generous, and jolly geniuses, welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 16, and of course, I am your humble host, Karen, and we are your grinning gaggle of guffawing geeks and goofballs. <laughs> I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. Thank you, Karen, for reminding us that alliteration is not, in fact, words that begin with the same first letter, but words that begin with the same sound. sound. Yes. 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 So your mixing of J's and G's is perfectly okay. It's <laughs> Oh, what's it called? It's called assonance. Assonance. Because it sounds the same. Potty mouth. Ass. Yeah. <laughs> Put the ass in assonance. That's right. <laughs> All right. This is our uh, 16th episode, and I believe, Chris, you have a little segment for us. I had a little story to tell you guys, because I went to a friend's uh, birthday party uh, last night, which was at a bar, and I, as I went up to the bar uh, in San Francisco's Mission District to get a drink, I actually found... And let me just say, I know we have kids listening to this podcast, so I just want to say, like, kids... Drinking is something that adults do <laughs> to have a really awesome time. Yeah, it's really fun, it's kids. It's super fun. <laughs> so don't, don't do it. But uh, what they had at the bar, the napkins that they had at the bar were actually uh, printed full of trivia. Uh, what? Printed full of TV and geography trivia. And I cannot tell a lie. Uh-huh. I took two of those napkins. <laughs> I just walked right off of them without a thought for what might happen to me. Or oh, um, so random. So I've taken these napkins and now I will a- ask totally random trivia questions that I that are off of these napkins that I found at a bar. Now, have have these answers been verified by the American Napkin Association? <laughs> yeah. I, I believe the... I, first of all, I think it's called the American Napkin and Paper Towel Association. <laughs> oh, that's right. They merged. Or, I forgot they yeah, merged. Or, yeah. That's right. That's or right. NAPTA. <laughs> uh, and no. Because the organization does not exist. TV trivia. In what ear does Mr. Clean wear his earring? Uh, what? Now, you have to imagine being kind of inebriated at a bar and getting these questions. <laughs> in what ear does Mr. Clean wear his earring? Oh, ear, in not what ear. year. Yeah, in what uh, ear does he wear his earring? Right. Right. In both it is, in fact, it is, in fact, his left ear. Ah. What season of Dallas was only a dream? The, the last, last one. one. The very final one. <laughs> well, I guess the, oh, I mean, the no, whole no, no, thing no, wait, was... Yeah, like, technically... All of it oh, was a jam. Oh, right. Or was it, it was like a segment from, I forget, I forget, I forget. What's the answer? The answer, as printed on the napkin, is uh, the 1984 through 1985 season. Okay. That's very specific. Okay. This is it extremely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, here's one. What was the fugitive's name? This Note that all this is like trivia from the 1980s. Right, that right. They, they must have found these napkins uh, in the back this somewhere. This is the he trivia was, pursuit uh, cards from Dr. Richard Kimball. Indeed. Right? Wow. Yeah. In fact, the napkin says Dr. Richard Kimball. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's wow. right. Who was the first U.S. president to be inaugurated on TV? Oh. Hmm. That's a good one. Kennedy, I mean, probably too late. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Eisenhower? It was, uh. in fact, uh, and I know this because I have this napkin, Harry S. Truman, mm. January 1949. Mm. Wow. Which city is further east? Reno, Nevada, uh, or Los Angeles, California? This is a classic one. Uh, Los Angeles, California. Well, of course, because it's a trick question. Yeah. Yes, yep. Los Angeles, California is further east yeah. than Reno, Nevada. Yes. Mm-hmm. By um, quite a bit. By quite a bit, actually. And finally, what part of New York City was called 
broken land by the Dutch. Brooklyn? <laughs> Indeed, it is oh! Brooklyn. Broken land. Thank you, napkins. Thanks, yeah. napkins. Thanks, napkins. You're the best. <laughs> Good job, napkins. Good job, napkins. <laughs> you also keep our tables dry. Before you know, we jump into our main topic, I have some interesting things. We, we had a bit of fun uh, anagramming names and such. <laughs> and I just want to share some of the, the, the notable ones. So if you anagram Britney Spears, you get Presbyterians. Ooh. One word, oh. one whole word, Presbyterians, is an anagram of Britney Spears. That's good. And uh, Clint Eastwood, wh- uh, what was his? Oh, yeah, we got this one off, off the internet yeah. just now. Uh, old, uh, West old, old West Action for Clint Eastwood. <gasps> I know, Isn't that great? Yeah. That's fantastic. This proves there is a god. Yeah. yeah. All right. And so let's jump into our non-napkin general <laughs> trivia The session. non-napkin yeah. portion yeah. of yeah. the show. <laughs> <laughs> Pop quiz, hot shot. Our Trivial Pursuit card, get your barnyard buzzers ready, and here we go. Blue Wedge. What is the traditional grain used in tabbouleh? Is it it, it barley? Incorrect. Is it wheat? Specifically. The the wheat germ? Uh, Oh, I don't know. Couscous? It is bulgur. Bulgur. Okay, bulgur. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You, that you threw me when you said specifically. I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. My mind know. blanked. Pink wedge pop culture. In the Big Lebowski, <laughs> what is the dude's favorite drink? White Russian? Correct. Yes. <laughs> Purple wedge. What 1996 hit song was criticized because its lyrics are examples of simple bad luck rather than the literary <laughs> device described by the song's title? Chris. Uh, that would be uh, ironic by Alanis Morissette. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Which I prefer to think is her elaborate meta statement. It is. Like, it's ironic that her song contains not- no actual examples of irony. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't get enough credit. No, Alanis. <laughs> so clever. Uh, let's see. Green Wedge for Science. <laughs> oh. What two bodily fluids did International Space Station astronauts start converting into drinkable water in 2009? I'm sorry, two bodily fluids? Two. Two bodily fluids. Urine. Correct. Right. Spit. I was going to guess saliva as well. I was going to guess tears. (laughs) No. Oh, 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 uh, sweat? Correct. Oh, sweat. I'm like, all right, okay. Sweat and urine. I just, I just like the idea of them having a spit to water machine. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just, it. I'm yeah. imagining the space spittoon, you know, like yeah. the old west, just updated. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a bucket. Yeah. Yeah, 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 with a filter. All right. Lastly, orange wedge. What is both a crochet tool and a basketball shot? Oh, oh. a hook. Correct. Yes. That was kind of a lame question. <laughs> <laughs> that was the way how they could force it into sports and leisure, yeah, exactly. right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we have our Kickstarter backer question, which is not lame, and this is from Mike Rissi from San Francisco, and uh, I kind of retooled this question. In 2000, British magazine Total Guitar named this song performed by Jimi Hendrix the greatest cover song of all time. Mm. The Star Spangled Banner. Incorrect. Oh. Uh, was it All Along the Watchtower? Correct. Oh. Who wow. wrote All Along Watchtower? Robert Zimmerman, also known as Bob Dylan. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to be like, in... <laughs> I was just trying super to s- correct. sneak in some free yeah. trivia Super there duper for, yeah. duper correct. 
All right. Often appears in popular culture, such as... Battlestar Galactica. And... What? Watchmen. Oh! Ah, yes. Very good. We've talked about this before in our previous episode, that uh, you know when we have our 16th show, it will be something that is connected to 16 and Sweet 16 right. and John Hughes movies. So today's episode, we're going to talk about teen movies. It started as like just kind of an offhand comment. A whole episode about coming of age movies and our favorite teen movies and interesting trivia and origin stories. I did want to talk about a John Hughes movie. Uh, and, you know, for those of you who may not remember, I mean, he I, I would say that he probably produced more iconic 80s teen movies uh, than oh, anyone yeah. else. I mean, either written or usually written and directed. Pretty in Pink and The Breakfast Club and Some Kind of Wonderful and just on and on. But my favorite out of his movies was always uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, some of his other movies were a little more sweet and had kind of a very sweet, earnest core to them. And I think like Ferris Bueller was a little more kind of wink, wink, ironic, detached. Um... See, I would actually disagree. I feel like yeah? his other movies are, you deal with more serious matter, right? There's like in Pretty in Pink, there's right. kind of the class difference. And Breakfast Club definitely was kind of heavy. And Ferris Bueller was just like, this is what a, a cool, charismatic slacker guy does. That's true. That's true. I mean, I guess it was, there's so much breaking of the fourth wall in that movie which i don't usually associate with the other john hughes movies you know where ferris just kind of talks directly at the audience i remember when this movie came out it was such a big deal like it could not have been more of a hip movie at that time like you had <laughs> to go see ferris bueller's day off mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um rather than uh frame kind of like a quiz around ferris bueller i just there's so much lore about this movie and just in case you have been you know living under a rock for 27 years and have not seen ferris bueller's day off or if you weren't born like <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. (laughs) That's actually living in your mom for (laughs) for twenty seven years. What are they? (laughs) No, they're they're a rock baby. (laughs) Calcified baby. We're gonna get we're gonna get so many uh, angry emails from from rock folk. You know what I mean? (laughs) I only say it lovingly, and we're trying. I'm trying to be inclusive of the rock people. I do not know how to transition back from that. I'll be honest. Sorry, (laughs) but it's about uh, Ferris Bueller. The the titular hero, Matthew Broderick, who decides he's going to take a day off from high school. And so he gets his friend Cameron and his girlfriend Sloan, and they basically ditch high school and escapades in the city of Chicago. So uh, you guys remember in the movie, like the primary plot device is Ferris convincing Cameron to let him borrow, uh, steal their dad's car. Right. And so the whole movie really revolves around them getting into Chicago in this car. Uh, do you guys know what kind of car that is? Any of you remember any of the details? I'll take, I'll take any details. Red is, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, Ferrari. There you go. It was. That's right. Yes. Dad's Ferrari. It was a 1961 Ferrari 250 GT Spider California edition. Whoa. Yes. And, it was uh, the 80s. The, you know, it was it was already at the time was a, a pretty collectible car. There were around a hundred of them made. So. so, how much are they 
worth. At the time they made the movie, the car was worth three hundred to four hundred thousand wow. dollars. Um, so that, on top of it being a rare car, made it a pretty good choice. Th- this model car holds the record for the most expensive car ever bought at a vintage car auction. Not that specific car from the movie, which but is actually model. a repro. That model, oh. a, a, a 61 250 GT that was owned by James Coburn, the actor James Coburn, hmm. uh, sold in 2008 for just under $11 million. What? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. So talk about you know the value from 300000 in uh, 1986. Yeah, just under $11 million. I, I guess I, it was bought by uh, Chris Evans, a British radio TV personnel. Oh, okay. So, Not Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But the car, you know, again, it was so rare, they, they didn't want to use any real ones in filming of the movie. They had one access to one real one for the tight shots, mm-hmm. but all the others were repros. The ones, Oh, really? Oh, yeah, okay. they were like fiberglass repros. Because th- they destroy one. Right, and they repros. do destroy yeah. one. And So the, the car was a big part for me. Here's a, here's a good trivia question for you guys. What song made famous in many 1980s movies and TV commercials was first used in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I don't know the name of the song. Oh, you man. have to sing it if you don't name it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is right. <laughs> um, Do, bow, bow. Nope. That's right. Which, oh, the song oh, is called, what, you know, what is it called? It's called Oh Yeah. It's called Oh Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. nice. So again, this is a great one for music rounds at Trivia and it shows up. It, these are just classic one hit wonder. What's the uh, artist? Yellow. Y-E-L-L-O. They were huh. a, a Swiss synth pop duo. Huh. Without without question, that is their most well-known song. But I didn't know this. I mean, I just associate that song with so many things from the 80s. Yeah. But yeah. Twix. That's what I remember so, yeah, A Secret of My Success. It was in that oh. movie as well. Um, but this was its, this was really where it uh, was first used. John Hughes picked it for the scene where they, you know, Cameron and, and uh, Ferris are looking at the aforementioned <laughs> Ferrari 250 GT. Gosh, what else? You know, we all know, of course, the very famous scene of the teacher droning on about the economics lesson oh, who course. is Ben, ben Stein. Stein. Right. Bueller. Bueller. So I, I've read this anecdote before. The entire lecture there was ad-libbed. He did the entire lecture scene on the uh, Smoot-Hawley Tariff Act off the cuff. He had a background in law oh, and yeah. politics, oh, yeah. as you you guys may or may not know his his first job in politics was Nixon's speechwriter. Correct. Yep. He was a speechwriter and sort of advisory lawyer for Nixon. That's right. So uh, he got introduced into the world of Hollywood, and basically John Hughes said you'd be perfect for this teacher scene. And he basically gave them the instructions of I want you just lecture about something that you know about, mm. Ma- make it boring, <laughs> and talk about something that you know about. So he extemporaneously is talking about the Smoot Hawley Tariff Act. Wow. And it's you know one of the best scenes in the movie. Of yeah. course, I, I'm a big art lover and I majored in art history and so one of my favorite scenes is when they go to the Art Institute of Chicago. Just the, the, the great montage of all the great paintings in there. Just what is the famous, famous painting that ends that great scene with Cameron just transfixed on what famous painting? Anyone? Oh, is it the Scream one? No, no. It's, uh, I'll take the artist as well. It's a famous, it's uh, Sunday afternoon on the oh, island of the... Seurat. Yes, the George Seurat. Seurat. That's oh. right, the George Seurat. And uh, what style of painting? Karen? Pointillism. Pointillism, that's right. So uh, if you haven't been to see that painting or a reproduction... It's it, huge. It is amazingly it's huge. huge. Yeah, that was what blew me away. Even having seen it in the movie, the first time I saw that painting is, yeah, I mean, it's like 8 by 10 feet. It's just a 7 by 10 feet. It's enormous. Made out of dots. 
dots. It is crazy. And, yeah. you know, even even knowing ahead of time that it's just made up of individual color dots, you get right up close to it. It blows me away. The biggest visual highlight from the trailer is uh, Ferris Bueller in the parade. He hijacks his way into the parade and is uh, singing. Yeah. Yes. Well, first, uh, first, Don Cashane. Uh, oh, yes. 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 First. Because uh, it was like a German <laughs> uh, cultural. Uh, that's right. Twist and Shout charted again after the movie, primarily because of Ferris Bueller, but it was also in uh, Back to School. Do you guys remember that movie? Yeah. The Rodney Dangerfield oh. came out the same weekend. I didn't remember oh. this. They came out the same weekend. Also featured a cover of Twist and Shout. So the song charted at number twenty three again. We had a ferret named Ferret Bueller. Ferret, oh. ferret Bueller. Bueller. Oh, oh yeah. it's terrible. No, so it's awesome. I want to ask you guys this: Have you guys ever heard the theory? There's an alternate uh, explanation of Ferris Bueller's Day Off where Ferris is (laughs) a figment of Cameron's imagination, that he's not a real character. The Fight Club theory. Right, exactly. Yes, Yes, I have seen that. I have have seen it online, of course. This is going to be hard to believe, but on the internet, someone has an alternate explanation for a movie. (laughs) (laughs) No. I remember being very taken in in college by the alternate Pulp Fiction explanations of Marcellus Wallace has a Band-Aid on the back of his neck, and in the Bible, that's where the devil takes your (laughs) soul. Yes, I remember that. All this completely falsifiable information that no one bothered to look up, you know? (laughs) Just, yeah. Okay, so switching gears, I have I have a question for you guys. Do you know what it's called when somebody's uh, sexually aroused by food or get sexual gratification with food? Whoa, whoa. Um, okay, let's Is... see. Something philia. Uh-huh. Uh, what's... Yeah. Can you piece it together? Yeah. Well, there's like... Newt. Phage is the root for eating, right? Or... It's going to be a Greek... Uh... It, it's the Greek base. Philia yeah. and phobias are always okay, Greek based. Right. Okay, They're so, totally on the right track, yeah. So what's the word for... What's the root for food, basically? <sighs> that one's hard. You may as well Either just you know us. it or not. Yeah. It's, so the root for food is sito, S-I-T-O. So cetophilia is the word for people who are sexually aroused or get gratification <laughs> from food. And then so cetophobia is people who are afraid of food or, oh. do, or like refuse nourishment, that kind of thing. Oh. Okay. So that's question number one, priming this. And All then right. Oh. oh. <laughs> Building, <laughs> Building on our knowledge here. Uh, okay. Uh, question number two is um, in 1999. Vermont uh, passed a state law making apple pie their state pie. Mm-hmm. And in that law, there's a provision that one should make a good faith effort to serve three things with apple pie in Vermont when you're serving apple a pie. Okay, all right. Yeah. Effort. So what are the three things you think you're supposed to I, I would think ice cream. I would guess ice cream. Okay. With yeah. cream. Not um, with cream. Cheddar cheese. A lot of people do the cheddar yes. cheese. Cheddar cheese. Yes. Oh, right. A lot of people do the cheddar so cheese. At least half cream. an ounce of cheddar cheese. And uh, one more thing. What's the cinnamon? Milk. Yes, milk. Oh, milk. wow. You need milk for, for dessert, man. Come on. Oh, I was thinking of like more like a topping yeah, or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. with. Oh, with. with yeah. pie. Got right. it. A- accompanying. Yeah. So, okay. so combining amorous intent towards food and <laughs> okay. apple pie. Okay. I'm going to talk about 16 American candles. pie. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, Molly Ringwald. Yeah. <laughs> Rebel without a cause. There's, there's a deleted scene with her and a... Um... American pie. So, yeah, going to talk about American pie.
1999, which was the same year as the law in Vermont. Probably unconnected. <laughs> it, just, it was a coincidence. They were trying to get out ahead of the uh, yeah. negative PR. Yeah. The American Pie movies spawned three direct sequels and four spinoff movies. Yes. Um, I think I can name them all. Wow. Oh, can you? Okay, American Pie, American Pie, Pie 2, two. Uh-huh. American Wedding, yes. yeah. and then the uh, American one. Reunion, yeah. oh. American Pie, colon, Band Camp, mm-hmm. American Pie, colon, The Naked Mile, yeah. American Pie, colon, wow. oh... So they turned it into a franchise, basically. They took unrelated films and and gave them the American (laughs) Pie name. No, I think they did like a whole, the DVD offshoot. So they have the official, yeah. Yeah. They would find some character to tie it in. So it was all in the same universe. Yeah, Missing Beta House and the Book of Love. Oh, okay. And they're all tied, because they're all um, related to Stifler. Uh, and they're all trying to lose their virginity. That's the point of the movie. It's a raunchy teen movie. Yes. Spoiler alert. Spoiler That's alert. <laughs> so this movie was credited with popularizing a term, and it referred to Stifler's mom, who's played by Jennifer Coolidge. What term is it? Karen. Milf. Yes. And it, it was said by John Cho. Oh. Yeah. John Cho was the actor who the said who it. Said yep. it. I, Jennifer Coolidge is one of my favorite people. She's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know her personally, but I feel like it would be great for us. Yeah. Mina Savari played Heather in American Pie, and she was actually in three movies in 1999 that had the word American in the title. Um, <gasps> oh, I only know one. one was American Pie, one was American Virgin, mm-hmm. and then the third one won five Academy Awards, including Best Picture. <laughs> what was the name of... Sorry, you have to see all the buzzers in my face right now. <laughs> what was the name of the third movie with American in the title? Oh, I buzzed early. American Beauty. Yes. yes. <laughs> wow, what was the third the... one? So wait, American Pie, American, American Beauty, Virgin. American Virgin. I've never heard of it. I don't remember movie. that one. One of the cast members had an embarrassing audition tape for Mamma Mia that went viral in 2010. Oh. And he was also engaged to Katie Holmes. Who was that? Which actor? Chris Klein. Yes. Isn't that crazy? What I, was embarrassing about the audition video? So just bad, or mm, he kind of has like this manic energy when he's doing it, uh, and he's like not a singer, and it's a singing. It's hard. It, that was his job interview, and like <laughs> who, who would want to show like a bad job interview? But that's well, true. That's true. But it's kind of funny anyway, and it's on the internet. Sean William Scott played Stifler in the movie. The year after, he starred in a movie with Ashton Kutcher. What movie was that? <laughs> Dude, where's my car? Yes. Yes. What does mine say? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. It's an excellent movie. It, it is a movie. <laughs> and then the last question. There have been eight movies in the American Pie franchise. Only one character has been in all of them. <laughs> Who is it? Uh, Jim's dad, which is played by Eugene Levy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I mean, American Pie, when it came out, it was, I think the last time... It, a really raunchy teen movie that came out was in the 80s was Porky. Yeah, there was the wave of, yeah, yeah. This was kind of the the first time um, in in that decade a really, really raunchy mainstream teen movie came out. Yeah. yeah. This was, yeah, it was, it was definitely the revival of the raunchy uh, teen movies. And that for, I mean, for like us in college, that was, oh, we gotta go see American Pie. Everybody right. wants to see American right, Pie. Right. Okay, uh, I've said before in the podcast that um, I'm I'm a big fan of of music soundtrack and I think that's a really big part of like whether or not I I like a movie or not. So mm-hmm. one of probably the the most memorable teen movies growing up for me was Baz Luhrmann's Romeo plus Juliet. Oh, 
it's a plus I think song. it was Romeo and Juliet. Okay, yeah. He was That's just, yeah. Stylized. The plus is yeah. edgy. He was just making it edgy. Romeo and Juliet's soundtrack is fantastic. And I just have some cool trivia nuggets. If you're a big movie Easter egg hunter fan, oh, yeah. there's so many Easter eggs in that movie. Um, a lot of... Uh, definitely, um, Shakespeare lines hidden in places and advertisements from other plays, The Tempest and such. So we know Claire Danes plays Juliet. Among the other actresses who wanted that part are Sarah Michelle Geller, mm-hmm. Jennifer Love Hewitt, Kate Winslet, Christina Ritchie, and notably Natalie Portman. And they almost casted Natalie Portman, but they looked at, you know, the scenes between her and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Baz Luhrmann admitted that it looked kind of creepy. Because, because she was it, too young? She or... looked too young. Oh. And it seems like Leonardo DiCaprio was like a sexual weird. predator. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, that wasn't cause... Juliet, like 13 or 14. 14, yeah. Speaking of soundtrack, Baz Luhrmann actually commissioned Radiohead, the band, to come up with a song for the end credits. And so Baz Luhrmann sent 20 minutes of the movie, whatever they had to Radiohead, and Radiohead made exit music for a film. Very, very oh. big single of Radiohead's, and it was made specifically did not know that. for the end credits of Romeo and Juliet. Oh, it, it's called exit music for, yeah. for a film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, I, I always just assumed they were being, you know, just kind of theatrical yeah. with the name That's of it. Yeah, right? yeah. Truth so, in advertising. So this kind of links to my quiz I'm going to ask you guys now. Surprisingly, many teen movies are based on or take inspiration from classic literature. In this case, eh, it's kind of one for one, Romeo and Juliet based on Romeo and Juliet. Right. So here I have a quiz that requires two-part answers. Uh, I will be providing a short plot summary, mm. and you have to match and identify, number one, the name of the classic literature book or play. Mm-hmm. That I'm describing. And number two, the teen movie that features the same plot. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. For example, if I say the tragedy about two young lovers from opposing families, it would be Romeo and Juliet. The teen movie, actually, there are many selections. Yeah. There's yes. Romeo and Juliet and West Side Story. Sure. So here we go. A story about a woman's adulterous affair and her struggle to create a new life of forgiveness and dignity. The Scarlet Letter. Correct. Easy A. Correct. Wow. A tragedy about a man's irrational jealousy, rage, and manipulation that tears a couple apart. Colin. Uh, Othello. Correct. The source material, Shakespeare. And I'm trying to think of the teen movie. Uh, I, I, Chris. Oh. Correct. Oh, oh. right, right. Which Starring was with uh, Julia, Julia Stiles, Stiles right? Josh Hartnett, and Mackay Pfeiffer. Mackay Pfeiffer. Of course, of course. Of From ER. ER. <laughs> <laughs> you guys as publicists? <laughs> we just like ER. Okay, here we go. A man makes a bet. That he can turn a woman of low birth to pass for someone of a higher class. Pygmalion. Correct. Yes. Pretty woman. Oh. Teen movie. Teen oh, movie. Teen movie? Teen oh, movie. Um, yeah. She's All That? Correct. Yes. Pygmalion by George Bernard Shaw. And She's All That starring Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel, Rachel Lee Cook. Yes. Yeah. And, and we also know My Fair Lady is based on it as well. Don't, Indeed. Don't yes. spam yes. us. Yeah. Yes. But that's not a teen. Yes, yes. yes. I think she was looking for Pygmalion over My Fair Lady. But I <laughs> yes. might have accepted either. No, I was going the other direction. Right. Pygmalion's right. the not official. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> okay. Here we go. The adventure of a young, beautiful, witty, and privileged woman who decides that she has a talent for matchmaking. 
You're on a roll, Chris. Uh, um, okay. It's, I believe it's Sense and Sensibility. Clueless? Incorrect. It's, oh, no. Oh. It is Jane Austen, though. It is Jane. It is, is Pride, Pride and Prejudice. Prejudice. Nope. Oh, what's Emma? What is Clueless? Ah. Is that Correct. what it is? Yeah. Emma. Clueless okay. is yes. based yeah, on yeah, Emma. Yeah. 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 Story about the courtship between several suitors and a pair of sisters, one fair and one headstrong. The Taming of the Shrew, Ten Things I Hate About You. Correct! (laughs) You're very good. A tale of two rivals who use sex as a weapon to humiliate and degrade others. I know one side of it. The team. Yeah, the, so, do- Cruel Intentions. Correct. Oh. Cruel Intentions, starring Sarah Michelle Gellar it, and Ryan Felipe. Is it Vanity oh Fair? It's a French. Yeah. Madame Bovary. No. No. Lady Chatterley's Lover. No. <laughs> Les Miserables. Dangerous Liaison. Yeah. Oh. Which was also Which was a movie. A movie. Uh, of it had a net yes. in it. You know, I've never seen Cruel Intentions. Yeah. yeah. This is a case of gender bender misidentity. The main female character masquerades as a man, but falls in love with a guy whose female love interest falls for the male version of the main character. And hilarity ensues. Mm. Was the teen one? Are you looking for just one of the guys, just one of the boys? Is that the one that you're looking for? That ha- that's the plot of that movie. There's so many. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Shakespearean. It is Twelfth Night. Ah. Right. And the teen movie officially is She's the Man, starring Amanda Bynes and uh, Channing Tatum, my favorite. But you're right. Just one of the guys has the same plot, but She's the Man officially says that this is a reinterpretation on Twelfth Night. It probably hews a little more closely to it as well. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. But just one of the guys was fantastic. That was one I of my, that was one of my favorite teen movies as well. Yeah. All right, and the last one. It's not a story of a love triangle, but more like a love square. Two guys and two girls fawning over each other while manipulated by surrounding characters. Oh, oh. Uh, um, it, uh, uh, it's uh, um, oh, is it uh, uh, much ado about nothing? Is Incorrect. That... Ah, Summer's night dream. Oh, correct. Oh, Midsummer's right. night dream. That's and right. the teen movie, not a big hit. Starring Kirsten Dunst and Ben Foster and Mr. Thong Song himself, Cisco. <laughs> oh yeah. Get over it. Wow. And I here don't even I have a, that. I have a note officially one of the reviews called it a lobotomized updating of a Midsummer's Night Dream. <laughs> so I think it was one of the tail end of those movies or like, oh hey, ten things I hate about you did so well. Let's keep it. Right. What else can of... we mine and what exactly. else can we reinterpret? What hasn't been done yet? Yeah. So good job, Brain. There you go. That was my classic literature and teen movie quiz. Now you know. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. Yeah. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Wheel of urine! 
Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. We haven't done a mnemonic for a while. Oh, yeah. We have a mnemonic that um, is very random. Yes, but, but and yet inspired by one that just happened to us uh, yeah. the other night. Yep. So we have a mnemonic for Teletubbies. <laughs> yeah. There's four of them. Which one's which color? Right. Which one has the weird thing on their head? And so actually, officially, the Teletubbies, that the creators did say the names of the Teletubbies do give a clue to what shape antenna is on their oh, head. Oh, okay, okay. So we have, so the four Teletubbies we have are Tinky Winky, Dipsy, mm-hmm. yep. Lala, mm-hmm. and Poe. And Poe, right. And I, I really, I know them just the colors, right? They're, they're red, yellow, purple. And green. And green, okay. Each one of them has a, a weird head thing. Right. So... Tinky Winky, the T, uh, is a clue to triangle. Okay. okay. Got it. And Dipsy, uh, it looks like a dipstick, the one It's just stick. a straight, like an antenna on his mm-hmm. head. Lala is curly, the L in curly. Lala is All a curly right. antenna. And Poe, like the letter O, has a circle. On ah. So this is officially said by by the creators. This is how you know you kind of figure it out. Cheat but cheat. then, how do you figure out what color? Ah, okay. Is what? You yeah. anticipated my my concern. So so we know Tinky Winky triangle. Tinky Winky. So this is stuff I came up with. Hopefully, <laughs> it will kind of make sense. So Tinky Winky Winky wine or periwinkle leads yeah. to purple. Okay. Okay. Dipsy D I. Dipsy dinosaur green. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. I, I suppose as far as we know, dinosaurs were green. <laughs> yeah, as far as we <laughs> know, they weren't covered in feathers. <laughs> uh, Lala sounds like lemon, and Lala is yellow. Lemon is yellow. All right. Okay. And a uh, Poe. Like pomegranate is red. Oh, okay. see, I I know my brain is gonna want to say Poe is purple, so I need to find a way to override that. Okay, yeah. so here's some more backstory. <laughs> I've done some research on on the backstory of each of the Teletubbies. So they actually have ethnicities assigned to the Teletubbies. Oh, right. Poe is supposed to be like Chinese. Yeah, right? Poe or... is actually uh, supposed to be uh, Cantonese. Oh, okay. You know, red being an auspicious color. Poe, kind of a Chinese uh... name. So, so there you go. Tinky Winky, who has the triangle head, is purple. Dipsy, who has the dipstick antenna, is like a dinosaur green. And uh, Lala, with the curly antenna, like the lemon, is yellow. And Poe, who has an O-shaped uh, antenna, like a circle, Poe for pomegranate, is red. All right. All right, let's jump back into movies. And Chris, you got a quiz for us. I decided to start researching... The teen movie. The mm. teen movie of all teen... The godfather of teen <laughs> movies. The, the teen er, movie, teen the movie. Er teen movie from whence all of these other lesser teen movies have sprung. <laughs> uh, and that is, of course... What? Grease. No! Oh. Rebel without a... <laughs> <laughs> 
American Graffiti. Well, sure. I mean, there were movies that came beforehand with similar plot structures, but Grease is like the, <laughs> Grease is like the most popular, enduring teenagers True. watch it today. Most enduring, I, I agree. Yes. More teen, to the point, Chris already has movie. questions yeah. about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I've written the quiz and there's no going back. Um, unfortunately, as I was doing all of the research, I ended up doing all of the research and finding most interesting facts about Grease, the Broadway musical, as opposed uh, to Grease, the movie. So uh, I I veered entirely off topic, but you're stuck with it anyway. Grease uh, Broadway musical opened originally in 1971, and was, it was changed quite a bit before its Broadway debut in 1972. They they actually like it was it was more raunchy. It was more, very more raunchy. Yeah. Wait, hold on. So Grease came out first as, as a musical. A musical. Oh, Correct. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought dogs <laughs> laid eggs. Um, yeah. So yes, Grease was originally a, a musical. It opened off Broadway, but then it was very quickly touched up and moved to Broadway in 1972. The actor who originated the role of Danny Zuko on Broadway would go on to star uh, also in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Does anybody know who that is? Not Meatloaf. Uh, Tim Curry? No. Barry Bostwick? Indeed. Barry oh! Bostwick originated the role of Danny Zuko uh, ah. on, on Broadway for the for the Broadway version. Um, now, other actors who in the show's very long Broadway run who have played Danny include Patrick Swayze, uh, Peter Gallagher, John Travolta, uh, Richard Gere. Also, here's a, here's a tougher one. The actor who would go on to play in the film Kanicki, um, oh. and, and, and and also he he also co-starred on Welcome Back, Cotter with John Travolta. Do we know this actor's name? Yes, Jeff Conway. Jeff Conway. Yes, yes. Rest in peace. Yes, and he's right, taxi, of course, as well. And uh, Babylon Five. Jeez, and um, what do the famous Grease songs "You're the One That I Want," "Hopelessly Devoted to You," "Sandy," and "Grease" all have in common? Uh, was that they were in the movie but not on Broadway? Indeed, they were not in the musical. Ah. Would either of you like to hazard a guess as to what the Burger Palace Boys are? Burger Palace Boys. The Burger Palace Boys. No, I would not like to hazard a guess. <laughs> uh, that was actually the that was the original name T- of the T birds. T birds. Oh, the ladies and the burger palace. The burger palace. Okay. Boys. I like T birds. T birds has a lot more elan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, another famous change: the female lead's name in the movie was Sandy Olsen. Do you, you guys know what it was in the musical? Uh, oh. Oh. Hmm. Oh. I don't. No, not Sandy Duncan. Sandy. <laughs> You're zeroing in on it, though. Sandy, Sandy Shores. It started with a D. Sandy D. It's, it's in fact, uh, Sandy Dombrowski was her name. Ah. Yeah. Yes. When Grease was revived on Broadway in 1994, the producers took what was then a very unique and controversial move to get people to buy tickets or to get people interested in the show. Do you know what that is? There's a reality show for it. Um, No. Hmm. This um, is the 1994. Oh, 1994. Yes. I believe they casted Rosie O'Donnell. Yes. Yeah, that is exactly what I was, I was looking for. In, in, in point of fact, they casted celebrities who were not Broadway actors. Uh, a lot of Reese. stunt they casting. They cast Ricky Paul Golden from the soap opera Another World, and they cast Rosie O'Donnell as Rizzo. Wow. Um, and this was very controversial because they, these people were not Broadway actors, and they were doing it to like raise the visibility level and get people in to see the show. This was basically credited with the trend 
of cast yeah, uh, okay. celebrities, okay. Uh-huh. singers who were not Broadway actors in Broadway plays. They do were, it all the time now. Yeah, they do. They do do it all the time now. The person who replaced Rosie O'Donnell on Broadway was Brooke Shields. Uh, <laughs> uh, the show would later go on to incorporate Lucy Lawless, Maureen McCormick, uh, Sheena Easton, John Cicada, etc. When Grease was revived on Broadway again in 2007, how did they choose the lead actors? Reality show. I'm sorry, you need to buzz in. Yes. Uh, in fact, it was a, they had a reality show called Grease, You're the One That I Want. That's how they chose, and people and voted. And that has become kind of standard, too. Legally Blonde also had a certain yes. search of Elwoods. And Oliver. Oliver, and also in the UK. Sound started, of Music. Yep, Sound of Music. And I think and that was actually prior to the, uh, to the Grease one. Strange world. <laughs> uh, the interesting thing about that 2007 revival is that they actually reshaped the show to be more like a live version of the movie. They added in all those songs that were from the movie that people wanted to hear. They uh, renamed the Burger Palace. So it was, it was like an amalgam of the nice. two. It was, yeah. Finally, at long last, a question about the Grease film. Dee Dee Khan. Yes. Yes. Eddie Deason uh, and Dennis C. Stewart were the only original Rydell High School teens to what? They were the only teenage characters from the movie Grease to what? Graduate? The they were the only dropout. three teenage characters from the first oh. Grease movie oh, the to, be in the sec- in to Grease be in the second Grease 2. Grease 2. The, one of the first uh, major motion pictures, major motion pictures to star Michelle Pfeiffer. A pre-Scarface Michelle Pfeiffer. Man, that movie yeah. was terrible. Awful, awful movie. Grease <laughs> 2 was so bad. I'm sick of talking about teen movies now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you're in luck uh, because I have brought a uh, non-teen movie, non-theme uh, related oh, quiz along good, with thank me. Thank goodness. Yeah. So the theme of this quiz is Common Thread. Covering a little range of trivia, I'm going to read you three things and mm. you tell me what do they have in common. And now there may be more than one thing in common. So I'm going to go for whatever answer matches mine. Okay. All right. Uh, what do the following have in common? Singapore. Monaco and Vatican City. Dana. They're city states. They are city states. <laughs> yes. Okay. In fact, they're pretty much the only three modern city huh. states. Got it. There are a lot of semi autonomous regions, but these are really the only three that are proper city states. What do the following novelists, writers, have in common? George Eliot, Isaac Dennison, George Sand. I don't know any of those people. <laughs> uh, they all use pseudonyms. Correct. Even more specifically, uh, are they are they women writing as? Men? They are all women. Correct. Yeah. Yes, that's right. What do these animals have in common? Oh. If you've been paying attention to past episodes, there may be a clue. What do these animals mm-hmm. have in common? Polar bear, the chow, chow chow dog, and the giraffe. Karen. They all have black tongues. They all have blue-black tongues. Yeah! Yes, yes. Um, I only know yeah. the Chow Chow, and I remember we talked about the giraffe a couple episodes back. Yeah. I didn't know polar bears. Polar bears as well, yeah. They, they vary in intensity, but they're all sort of that really deep, you know, indigo, bluish-black. It all the It all seems to be around what Dana had mentioned with giraffes, is that it, their theory is protects against sunburn. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, I don't know how that explains with the Chows, but yeah. What do the following historical figures and leaders have in common? President Theodore Roosevelt, Prime Minister Gordon Brown, and Hannibal. 
And I'm talking of the Carthaginian Hannibal, not A-Team's Hannibal. <laughs> or Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> or Hannibal Lecter. Right. Yes. And both of them leaders. Sound, sound right. military Absolutely. tacticians. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this is uh, Crossing the Alps, Hannibal. Hannibal, Prime Minister Gordon Brown, the- President Theodore Roosevelt. Chris. They've all ridden on elephants. <laughs> oh, you know, that's probably true. They're oh, probably, that, that wasn't what I was going for, but that was good. Uh, they're all blind in one eye. I was just scared wow. they all wear glasses. They, uh, they were all either missing. Uh, so Hannibal uh, lost an eye to conjunctivitis. Uh, Prime Minister Gordon Brown has been blinded in an eye uh, due to a rugby accident when he was a kid. And uh, Theodore Roosevelt, I just learned this. I didn't. He was blind in his eye from a uh, boxing match when he was already president. It detached his retina, what? and they kept it secret. They didn't come out with this until years later. Oh, wow. Yes, but he was a badass. He went on to get a black belt in judo after becoming blind in his left eye. Wow! <laughs> yeah, he was the pres- original presidential badass. He was going to protect the other eye. <laughs> <laughs> what do the following planets have in common aside from having rings? And orbiting sun. And our planets. <laughs> and being and our, planets. And, planets. and the sun. Yes, the smart And are in outer space. <laughs> Jupiter, <laughs> Neptune, and Saturn. Karen. Named after gods. Uh, well, that, that is true. That is they, true. But they all are, except uh, for Earth. That is true. That was not what I was looking for, oh, okay. but that, yes. They have moons? Uh, visible from Earth? No, no, no. What is it? Jupiter, Neptune, Jupiter, and Neptune, Saturn? Saturn. Um, okay, Jupiter and Neptune. Oh, Jupiter and Saturn um, are very similar. They are all similar in this one regard. <laughs> the fact that they have rings, it kind of keys into what the other part is. What I was looking for is that they're all gas, gas they're, giants. I, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, they're all the gas planets. Uh, and then teacher would be so mad at me. <laughs> yeah. And then Uranus would be the fourth of the gas what, planets. What, what is a gas planet? So the gas giants just in the solar system are those planets that are predominantly gas versus rocky material or solid matter. So they're, they're mostly or possibly almost all, yeah, uh, gas, gaseous. Yes, and they are a giant. They are indeed. So we can't land on them? We cannot land on them. All right, we'll wrap it up here, last one. What do the following universities have in common? These are uh, American universities. Columbia, Rutgers, and Brown. Okay, Columbia's in New York. Rutgers is in New Jersey. Are they all Ivy League? They are not all Ivy League. Rutgers Rutgers is is not the Ivy League. New Jersey school. You're 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 on the right track. You're on the right track. Are they are they all famous for like football or something like that? Um, that's not what I'm looking for. No. Historically, at one time or another, they've had good teams. But... Sure. Wait, Ruck, so it's Rutgers, Columbia, and Brown, and Brown, which is in Rhode Island. First university. You guys are. Uh, you guys, I'm going to combine both of your guys' answers. Yeah. Uh, they are three of what are referred to as the colonial colleges. So they are three of the nine schools that were founded before America was a oh. sovereign nation. Oh. So most people wow. know Harvard and Yale and College of William and Mary. Um, but yeah, so Columbia, Rutgers, Brown. Of of the nine of them, seven of them are in the Ivy League. So it doesn't exactly overlap. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. Woo. Good pl- hey. palate cleanser from. <laughs> Get that American pie out of my mouth. Ah, <laughs> gross, 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 Don't put it in your mouth, <laughs> Gross. Well, that was our show. Thank you guys for joining me, and thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hopefully you guys learned uh, some interesting tidbits about teen movies, and you can find us on Zoom Marketplace. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, and also on our website, which is goodjobbrain.com, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.
saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big in all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save 